Barefooting with Sierra uses Buzzsprout. Just start with the equipment you already have and a quiet space. Add Buzzsprout and your podcast is ready to go. You'll get a great looking podcast website, audio players that you can drop into other websites, detailed analytics to show how people are listening, tools to promote your episodes, and more. Podcasting isn't hard when you have the right partners. Following the link in the show notes lets Buzzsprout know that I sent you, gets you a $20 Amazon gift card if you sign up for a paid plan, and helps support the show. The team at Buzzsprout is passionate about helping you succeed. Join over 100,000 podcasters already using Buzzsprout and get your message out to the world. Hello and welcome to the 16th episode of Barefooting with Sierra. My name is Sierra Larson, better known as Barefoot Sierra. I'm a novelist, comic creator, and independent journalist, and I've been living without shoes since 2010. I created this podcast to keep my audiences in touch with all of my projects, to talk about things I care about, and to interact with the awesome people in my various professional networks. In this episode, I interviewed my cousin Jenna Larson about living in Biden's America as a Trump supporter. I'm going to break this podcast up into four parts, novels, comics, journalism, and barefooting, each representing a different aspect of my professional life. I'll give you updates on what I'm working on, let you know about any new works you can see, and keep you in the know about when I do free book giveaways on Amazon. Let's get started. First up, novels. I got another 700 words done on the first draft of my antebellum romance novel. I really like where it's going. In the chapter I'm writing now, the main couple are going to have some unanticipated one-on-one time together, and that's really going to move their romance forward. In novel news today... The 2021 Alfaguara Novel Prize winner is in Pilar Quintana's novel Los Abismos. The Alfaguara Prize is one of the most prestigious literary prizes for Spanish language literature, presented by Alfaguara Publishing House, a division of Penguin Random House. The prize for winning is $175,000, a sculpture by Spanish artist Martin Cherino, and a, a simultaneous publishing across the Spanish-speaking world. Los Abismos will be available in Spanish on the 25th of March. Its English translation, The Abysses, does not yet have a publication date. The first novel written in the Tamil language is now getting turned into an audiobook. Samuel Vendainayagam Pailai wrote Prathapa Mudilayar Charithram in 1857, paving the way for the genre in that language. Storytel is producing the audiobook with M. Aruna Chalam narrating the book. Sorry about butchering any of those names. Now on to comics. I have a new Patreon-exclusive Poszilla comic for you today. I can't take any credit for the idea as my seven-year-old came up with it. I just drew what he requested and I'm loving it. Maybe the second issue of the Possum Pete comic book will have them fighting Possumzilla. You can become a patron for just $1 per month and see all of my Patreon-exclusive comics at patreon.com slash possumpete. In comic news today, Powers Comics in Green Bay, Wisconsin has opened a second location to support adult cat rescue. At their new East Side location, Powers Comics Brewster's Place, you can find comics, graphic novels, Funko Pops, cat toys, and cats available for adoption. Since they opened in July, they've placed 78 cats in homes. Because of COVID, they are currently open by appointment only. You can message them on Facebook to schedule a time to come in, read comics, and interact with the cats. Fortnite data miners have released what they claim to be teaser images of a new character skin inspired by DC's The Flash. Fortnite hacker Hypex tweeted the image, 
and said there will be a Flash Cup on February 10th to win the skin. Fortnite YouTuber Ali A also shared the image with a caption reading, The Flash is coming to Fortnite, and the hashtag EpicPartner. Epic Games has yet to confirm or deny these claims. Alright, next up is journalism. Every day in February, I'm going to highlight one influential Black History figure. Today's Black History Month highlight is Ira Frederick Aldridge, the only African-American actor honored with a bronze plaque at the Shakespeare Memorial Theater in Stratford-upon-Avon. Ira Aldridge was born on the 24th of July, 1807, in New York City, to Reverend Daniel and Lurona Aldridge. He attended the African Free School and received a classical education. He began professionally acting in 1821 at the African Grove Theater, the first theater with resident African-American actors. Due to discrimination he faced in the United States, he emigrated to the United Kingdom in 1824. He assumed several different identities when he arrived in Liverpool, and even claimed to be from a royal African family at one point. In May 1825, he landed a role in a stage production of Othello in London. From there, he went on to book a seven-week residency at London's Royal Coburg Theatre, starring in five plays. Critical reviews were mixed. Some loved him for his acting skill, while others couldn't seem to look past his appearance. Nevertheless, he continued to book stage roles. In 1831, he toured Dublin, and he toured continental Europe for the first time in 1852. He died in August 1867 while touring Poland. Now for today's interview with Jenna Larson. Hi, Jenna. Thanks so much for agreeing to come on the podcast. Please tell the listeners a little bit about yourself, where you're from, and what you do. Hello, I'm Jenna. I am from Utah. I just recently graduated in December with my bachelor's degree in accounting. So right now I'm doing an internship in that field. Other than that, I, it's busy season for us accountants. So I don't really have a life right now, but trying to get through that, my first busy season. But. Uh, tax is coming up. <laughs> Luckily, I don't deal with the tax side. <laughs> but. Oh, that reminds me, I've got to start thinking about mine. <laughs> yeah, we spoke to each other before the U.S. election about who we were voting for and why. I voted for Biden, even though he was like my least favorite of all the Democratic primary options. You said that you were going to vote for Trump. Is that who yes. you ended up voting for? Yeah, that is who I voted for. Okay, and how did you end up casting your ballot? I did in person. There was a mix-up with the voting and because I I mean uh, my parents are in Salt Lake and I was in Iron County and I was registered in Iron County but they didn't send me a ballot so I was like I'm going in person and getting this <laughs> figured out <laughs> but, I did by mail obviously because I'm in Canada yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so could you explain to the listeners briefly why you liked Trump I think that he had just so, done so much for the American people. I think that he put Americans first when it comes to jobs and running the economy and just making sure that we have what we need for, I don't want to say survival, but just making sure that we can have our needs met by providing those jobs and bringing more jobs to America. I think that was the biggest thing for me. And then his stance on abortion, I'm pro-life, mainly just because of things that I know I'm going to have to go through in a few years. But for me, there are exceptions for abortion, but I don't think that if you go get drunk one night and you (laughs) end up pregnant that night, I don't know, it's not the baby spot in my opinion. But that's the biggest thing. Those are the two biggest things. All right. And how do you think Biden's doing so far? (laughs) I'm not not mad about a lot of things he's done, but I'm not also happy with a lot of them. I know there are some Canadians who are upset about the (laughs) 
that has to come up about the pipeline. It really did take, like I said, one of the main reasons to vote for Trump was keeping jobs in America, and it really took a lot of jobs away. And then with all the executive orders he's signing, I mean, not that they impact me, a lot, a lot of them don't impact me personally, but it was kind of hypocritical where in his election, he was like, no, if you sign too many executive orders, but here we are at like 30 or something like that. So it's just kind of, I don't know. But like I said, nothing has like affected me yet. I guess another one was how he, the travel. Airlines already require face masks and throughout all, when you're on the plane, I mean, I was eating once while I was on a plane and the flight attendant came and he was like, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to like tell you to put your mask on. I now know that you were eating. So the airlines are very much paying attention to that. And I don't know if he just wasn't paying attention to the news where the airlines were already requiring the face masks and the social distancing or if he was like, no, let's just prosecute people for that. I don't know. But that was kind of another one that I kind of laughed at. (laughs) But yeah. All right. Yeah. So you mentioned the economy. That was a big concern for you and part of your deciding factor in voting for Trump. What do you think the government needs to be doing to help the economy right now? I think especially in the state that we're in with COVID, where it has already put people out of jobs. I think the biggest thing closing that pipeline was one of the worst things because there's there's thousands of people out of a job now. And with COVID, there's not companies hiring. And so when people aren't putting money into the economy, then the economy also won't be benefiting from it. Like that was one of the biggest things. I don't know when COVID first, I was terrified that we were going to have a recession. But one thing that Trump made sure of is that we kept the economy running. And I can tell that Biden is trying, trying to keep it running. But it's some of the things he signed, it's making it so it seems like the Americans and their economy isn't first. All right. Yeah. So with with COVID, that obviously does affect the economy. So that's that is one of the issues we talked about before the election. What have you and your immediate family been doing to stay safe from COVID? For me personally, I I don't know, being in school, I preferred going into the in-person actual classes, sitting in a classroom, but I would make sure I had a mask on. And if I felt as if I wasn't feeling well, then I would stay home and do Zoom classes. So I do take those precautions. I wear a mask, mainly if places require it, (laughs) but I do try to be respectful of others. And if they're wearing a mask, then I'll put one on as well. And I believe that everyone in my family is doing that respectfully as well just trying to respect others i mean that's all we have right like on both sides <laughs> but for sure and what do you think the government should be doing now to end the pandemic you know i don't know if there's much we can do in my opinion i think the vaccines will help for the u.s and other nations to open back up and be able to operate like they used to but also i don't because the vaccine was made so quickly, I don't know. I don't know. Because it's like when you get COVID, it's only you're only immune for like 90 days. So what's going to happen with the vaccine? But I think, I don't know, requiring frontline workers, I think that is a great first move. It's like I said, it's really hard because of the economy. Because if we shut everything down, then like, I mean, I don't know. California is struggling. <laughs> Hawaii and in, I think May, Honolulu itself, a, a big tourist spot had an unemployment of 48, 49%, which shouldn't be happening. But I mean, also the citizens do come first. <laughs> and so it's really, I know it's hard to find a good balance of what needs to be done. But I think, think it's fair to mandate masks on 
federal property, maybe not in national parks. I don't know. I, we've been told not to exercise with the masks on, so I don't know how federal and how national parks will work. But um, I think that's that's a fair choice. And then state parks, leave it up to the state. It's the state's parks, not the national so, nation. So. All right. And with America being really divided right now, like there's really a lot of strong held opinions, which yeah. <laughs> we saw on January 6th. What was your reaction to the Capitol riot? I think what they did was very wrong. And for me, it was seeing the hypocrisy on both sides. That made me really frustrated. I saw people who did, who are Republicans say, oh, well, they're okay because the BLM protests in the summer, like they got away with it. So we should get away with it, which I definitely did not agree with. And I also saw people on the left saying, well, our protests were okay, but this one isn't. And that was hard for me because there was so much destruction and especially in Minneapolis for those small business owners. But not only that, but you have Portland who's, I mean, I've been told that Oregon is a mind of their own, but you have Portland who's still out looting and rioting for something that happened seven months ago that people are still trying to reform. I mean, we can't get a quick response and a reform in a day. And that's something that's just going to take time. But both parties are definitely in the wrong on January 6th, in my opinion, Um, the hypocrisy on both sides. I don't like what happened at the Capitol and I don't like what happened during the protest. So (laughs) I'm kind of in the middle. (laughs) And how do you think the United States heals from January 6th and from the racial violence and all of the other protests we've been dealing with? I think the biggest thing is to kind of quit, and it's hard to, but to quit putting labels on everyone. Not only that, but it's, I don't know, for me, one of my best friends, huge Biden supporter, and he knows I'm a huge Trump supporter, but we can have very adult-like conversations that aren't childish and we can share our different opinions and be willing to listen to other opinions and be like, oh, wait, you actually have a good point on that. Or this is how I view it without throwing temper tantrums like some of these adults are. And I think that's the biggest thing is that like no one, even in the same party, people don't have the same opinions. So you can't clash with people of an opposite party because they don't have the same opinions in my just in my personal experiences that I've had but yeah I just feel accepting the fact that like people are gonna have different opinions but that doesn't mean that you can't like have conversations with them and you can't go get a go get ice cream or go get lunch with them sometime like I feel like if we keep cutting people out of our lives from different the different parties that we identify with then we're just going to keep getting further and further divided. Great advice there. Well, thanks so much for agreeing to come on and talk about your views. It's always great to hear well thought out political opinions. Yeah. <laughs> no, thank you for having me. I love sharing my opinions about politics. Yeah. And if listeners want to find you on social media, where can they find you? I'm on Instagram. I'm not on Facebook on as much, but I do have Facebook. Jenna Larson, Owen, same as <laughs> Sierra. So <laughs> awesome. It was great talking with you. Uh, you too. Last but not least, let's talk about barefooting. I'm out of quarantine finally, but it's so, so cold. I went barefoot to the door to meet a delivery person dropping off a package for me and could only handle being outside for a few seconds before my feet were too cold and I had to stand inside and just lean out the door. (laughs) 
My book, A Brief Guide to Barefooting, will be available as a free ebook from February 14th to 18th. Make sure you head over to Amazon to grab that during the promotion if you don't have a copy already. In today's barefoot news, a barefoot anti-HS2 protester has been released from police custody under the condition he stay away from the HS2 tunnels. HS2 is a planned high-speed railway system in the UK. Lachlan Sanford, age 20, also known as Laser, was one of six protesters who spent 11 days camped out in the construction tunnels in protest of the project. Lachlan came out of the tunnel to get supplies for the other activists and was arrested. His 18-year-old brother, Blue Sanford, is still in the tunnels. Experts are urging residents of Sydney, Australia region to avoid going barefoot at night due to increased numbers of funnel web spiders in the area. Warm weather and rainfall have led to perfect breeding conditions for the spiders, which are most active in the evening. Australia Reptile Park is asking anyone who encounters a funnel web spider to capture it if you can do so safely in order to use it for anti-venom production. Funnel web spiders like to hide in dark enclosed spaces such as laundry baskets and shoes. They can survive 48 hours in water, so don't assume it has drowned if you see one in your pool. They recommend using a large glass jar and coaxing the spider inside. They have videos on their Facebook and YouTube channel of how to do this safely. Once captured, you can bring the spider to one of their drop-off locations. They are the only funnel web anti-venom program, and they need about 200 spiders for this year's anti-venom needs. You can find a list of drop-off points on the Australia Reptile Park website. That's all for today's show. I'm taking the day off tomorrow, but I'll be back on Thursday with another interview, this time with Leroy of Grounding Positive Energy. Thanks so much for listening in. If you have any questions or comments, you can send them to sierrathebarefootgirl at gmail.com. You can find me on Instagram at sierrathebarefoot, on Facebook as sierrathebarefootgirl, on Twitter at sierrabarefoot, and on TikTok at sierraisbarefoot. You can follow the podcast itself on Instagram at barefootingwithsierra. All of my books are available on Amazon. My comics are available on Instagram at worldofpossums and patreon.com slash possumpeat. Thank you to Legion X for the intro and outro music. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening. And please share it with a friend if you've enjoyed it. Until next time, this has been Barefooting with Sierra.